Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by our guest today, Stefan Surratt, the creator of Elfland Beyond the Fields. We know. Welcome. Thank you, Logar. No doubt. No doubt. Now, now I, I, did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Yes, <laughs> I, I can butcher names so often. Now, Beyond the Fields, we know that's kickstarting right now i'm assuming but not while we're recording but it should be yeah. when we're releasing yeah this. It, january 17th it launches it'll go for three weeks and uh it's i'm i'm trying to pack a whole bunch of stuff in there there's a zine there's two full-size adventures there's a pamphlet funnel adventure there's a sew-on patch and our first stretch goal is for uh an original song by the band loot the body oh. so it's, it's all for dungeon crawl classic stuff so i mean you can <laughs> The zine especially is like a judge's toolkit, and I've also like formatted it so it's like a solo journaling thing. You can just have some fun and create like a cool character there too. So oh, cool. you don't have to be a DCC guy to enjoy it, but uh, it, it'll help out. So tell us a little bit about it. What's the premise of it and whatnot, and what can we expect that's uniquely interesting to pique our interest and, and yeah. get us ready to check it out? <laughs> so there's uh, a couple like dcc adventures where there's kind of like hints of elf land and what's over there in the land of elves and that other world and and there's a lot of that in you know D D and other things where you get little hints but there's i've and looking i was not able to find much at all to like actually do a campaign or even like a few sessions there there wasn't much out there and uh so i kind of wanted to create that i'd had that on my mind for honestly like years of just like oh i'd love to have that kind of campaign <laughs> and i just i finally started doing it the title is taken from a, a couple lines in a book by lord dunsany uh he, he did the king of elfland's daughter and uh and i just found it really inspirational i listened to the audiobook while like taking my kid on, on walks in his stroller, <laughs> and i always come back home just being like oh i gotta write please take a nap <laughs> tell me about the elves in here what can you tell us that's interesting about them the zine has like you know ways to get into elfland but i've got like six mini adventures in there and then the two like fully written adventures and a, and a pamphlet adventure so there's a lot of different variety in there I've, there's witches and fade titans and weird knights and so many curses and magic <laughs> items that are kind of a mixed bag and how useful or unhelpful they're going to be for you. But in, in the like Elfland zine, the six different locales, it's like basically two pages of text. It's got a locale. It's got a little random table. It's got a couple monsters and it's got a map. It'll be like, here's an island here, you know, of the Isle of the Banished Usurper. And here's a, a fade Titan who woke up after, you know, swallowing a thousand warriors, you know, <laughs> eons ago. And here's one where it's like, and, you know, go to Elfland and all these weird fey creatures, they're in like an art gallery because the the elven prince has like built this weird, crazy castle that looks like a demon face and he's showing off this weird art. So it's huge variety of stuff in there because I don't think anything in Elfland or the Feywild or whatever you're going to call it is going to be consistent. Uh, that That's not the vibe I've ever gotten. Excellent. Excellent. Now, you've done a few others, but not just for DCC. You know, this is for DCC. I, I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it was said. But you've also done some MCC as well and a few other things. Can you tell us about some of the other games and adventures and stuff you have out there? For sure. Yeah, I started off with a, a Mutant Crawl classic scene called Merchant of the Multiverse. That was a couple of zine quests ago. That was like the first thing I like, you know, really tried to do and you know, it was like, okay, me and another guy, we just went in 50-50. He did the art. I did writing. We just shared responsibilities. We just put it all in. 
and split the profits 50-50. And my profits just got funneled towards making the next thing. So I did a like a follow-up Mutant Crawl Classic scene to that. I did some weird frontier stuff. I've also like gotten outside. I've done some Primal Quest pamphlet adventures. Uh, oh, Diogo nice. Nogueira created the Primal Quest system, which is like stone and sorcery. And it's, it's really fun. And the, the pamphlet adventures, they're like just the size you need for, for that kind of game. It's a pretty rules-like game. So you don't need like some 24 page long adventure module would probably be a little weird for it. Not that it <laughs> no, couldn't be done. Yeah, it, it can be done. It, it, I, I've yet to play it. I got a copy of it. I still need to review it. I, I, I'm curious to check it out a little bit more. It's sitting on my shelf waiting for <laughs> one of our zine Thursdays for me to get into it and check it out a little more. It's Do coming. It. It's coming soon. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how did you get into doing the MCC and DCC zines and making stuff for that specifically? I'm curious. Yeah. I started playing the game a little bit, found out about it online and just liked the description, started it was tough finding places to to game locally for it because it's not like the hugest game ever. Everyone's playing Five E basically, <laughs> but the the community online was super welcoming, and uh, and the company itself, Goodman Games, is is just really open, very supportive of third party creators, and uh, just finding out more about zines. I was like, okay, that's something I can wrap my head around. I don't, <laughs> I can do that. No one's asked me to produce some three hundred page hardback or nothing. I can do like. 30 to 40 pages. What made you want to start doing the zines? Like, like where did you come from game-wise to when you uh, picked up DCC? What made you want to start doing that? <laughs> I mean, I'd always been like homebrewing stuff and running games online and published stuff and stuff I tweak a lot so that it doesn't look like the published stuff that much anymore. <laughs> and, and you know, creating uh, the MCC thing was like, okay, I need like for a home campaign, the characters were DCC characters. They got transported over to MCC. So they've got all this gold and stuff that is useless in the post-apocalypse. <laughs> no one wants gold. They want actually useful things. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to come up with like a trading system. There's like a little equation in there. Basically, you know, hey, they're going to probably buy it for about like half of what they want to sell it for. And there's just like this very, very tiny thing in the core rulebook of like, you know, a spear is worth this many credits worth and credits is just like whatever people accept. It doesn't mean it's yeah. not like Star Wars credits. <laughs> uh, so I based it all off on that. And I made a ton of new artifacts for there. And I made a bunch of weird merchants also. Like one is basically Joe the camel, except he rides a giant tick. Oh. Another is basically like a mutant Dolly Parton that opens up like portals to teleport around with a beautiful singing voice. Um, and another is basically like, what if Che Guevara was a fish and hated land people? Oh, so I... It's funny about that. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Cam when Joe Campbell just came up yesterday. We said, uh, I, I, they always post that meme, like, like I'm old enough to remember type thing. And they asked, yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm old enough to remember buying my camel cigarettes with Joe yeah. Camel still on the camel cash. <laughs> to, to know where flavor country is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, so I, that's great that, uh, Joe Camel <laughs> so tell us a little bit about a few of your other games that you have out there that people might want to check out any suggestions of what they should uh, should give a peek to the the Kickstarter one is like my biggest main mm -hmm. thing but uh, if, if you like the post-apocalypse Mysteries <laughs> of the Multiverse and Merchants of the Multiverse those are going to help out Mysteries has like a bunch of generators for creating unique settlements because you know in the post-apocalypse, you got to have your gas town. Every town has to have a gimmick. That's what I think. You know, gas town is gas town. Barter town is barter town. 
you have your weird place with all the feral children. Uh, that's a really fun stuff. The Primal Quest stuff is good if you like the stone and sorcery. I also recently released a called the Scourged Realm. It's very it's for Rune. Um, Spencer Campbell's like solo TTRPG, and uh, it's like a trilogy of realms actually that that are basically very Bloodborne inspired. Because I I can't stop loving that video game even though it's been so long since it came out now. But uh, if you like that and you want a little solo game that I, will scratch that Soulsborne itch, the Scourged Realm is fun and. And a lot of other people are doing really, really cool stuff with Rune, too. And I got a lot of VTT tokens, too. I, I have, like, over 1,800 of them online. I found a bunch of old, like, public domain comics and stuff and made a spent a ton of time making tokens. Uh, and uh, a bunch of people, like, I don't know, it's, most people have that elegant look. But, you know, if you want an old comic book vibe for your online game, I, I got a good thing for you, too. <laughs> I uh, you know, I'm I'm an old, old comic geek from from way back in the day, so I always loved that old comic look. <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. <laughs> Sweet. So, what got you into gaming? Where did you start your gaming career? And uh, tell me a little bit about that. Your your history in the hobby. yeah. Uh, it was. I mean, like, there's a very simple through line of my dad deciding he was going to read like The Hobbit and Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to me. It, bedtime mm -hmm. stories when i'm five so it just like he set me on the path he didn't even know it though but eventually one of my buddies got the third edition box set mm -hmm. it was on a like a steep discount because 3.5 was out and that was it we tried it out i got to play lydia the halfling rogue and uh i got trapped in a magic mirror for all of eternity oh no <laughs> uh, i walked home that day just being like dang i wish i lived and got to go to that final room <laughs> but i want to do it again and I, I just basically never stopped thinking about it since so that you know did 3.5 and fourth and during fourth start looking online at the the osr stuff did fifth too and while well, always trying to secretly go hey guys what you want to try labyrinth lord or something like that <laughs> but uh descending armor class was a no-no for my for my old group so oh no that's not good <laughs> <laughs> so i never got to do much here's the secret though descending changing from descending to ascending is a really simple just flipping the numbers and just subtract mm -hmm. and you can just run with it <laughs> for just it, about any descending just game, mental block for them They're just unwilling <laughs> i've gotten to i've gotten to do that online and at cons and stuff but i wasn't able to get the old you know high school middle school group to do it and well, a lot of the clones out now that one of the things that's an usually a standard option for a lot of things is like an swords and wizardry and ose mm -hmm. they give you an option of descending or ascending because yeah one thing i actually thought was great change in third edition was the ascending armor class i'm not a big third edition person but i am a big ascending armor class person yeah i get you that i totally get you yeah i i could probably get them to into osc with the optional role and osc has some just stellar adventures too so that'd be the way to go for in in my eyes for my people's well dcc does ascending as well dcc is mm -hmm. not as much of a clone though as it is it's it yeah, it's got the vibes, but it doesn't have the rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's ascending. I've gotten them to do that. So and and they had an awesome time with it. I, I managed to get all them to do it and run a huge long campaign, just like module, 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 tying them all in. Like every week was highlights because the the adventure modules for DCC are always just for, cut all the boring crap. Let's only have the amazing stuff. Make it fantastic. Yeah, there's well, the DCC has not only are Goodman Games modules really great, like they're just some solid modules, but like there's so much of a great community around it. Like you folks putting out 
really cool, awesome zines and modules and whatnot from third-party creators. And I know we've talked about this with quite a few people mm-hmm. here on the show, but Goodman Games is pretty supportive of folks who are oh, putting yeah. stuff out for DCC. Uh, now, is there a process in approaching doing a DCC module? Did you reach out to them? or Can you talk about that a little bit? Or Yeah, it's it's really simple. It's, uh, I mean, don't have like, don't get art with nudity in it. Don't have like people doing X-rated things. Or, you know, there's a few R-rated things you need to stay away from too. You can imply <laughs> them plenty, but you can't like flat out say it. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like, write your thing, email, you know, joseph at goodmangames.com. And he'll he'll write back saying, you know, okay, I'll skim over it, looked good. Uh, he'll offer some suggestions probably and then say, hey, and, and show it to me again when it's like in the final state or the near final state and, and we'll get you the official approval. Here's the like easy contract that says you're going to put the compatible with DCC logo on it and uh, and you get to keep all your money and, and they don't take a cut. They're really good about it. So yeah, I just reach out and go, I'm going to do an Elfland thing and I got an adventure that's based off of Beauty and the Beast and another adventure that's based off of, you know, of Winnie the Pooh because that's public domain now. Is that cool? <laughs> and I'll be like, yep, that's awesome. That sounds great. Have a have a hundred acre point crawl. I want to know about the hundred acre point crawl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have brought that up earlier. Yeah. Uh, it, and this you could actually use the original Winnie the Pooh book as a prop for your games. I've written it so that it's, you know, you scratch off a mill and, and have it be so Christopher Robin wrote it. Because in this Christopher Robin, he's like a famous playwright, author, and he's uh, been cursed with a magical slumber at the same time. Fae creatures are like coming out of the nearby forest, and uh, and essentially you gotta like either you gotta do some drugs, go into his actual dreams, I like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, yeah, smoke the hookah or lick the frog, your choice. Yeah, uh, go into his dreams and you wake up in like Pooh's flooded house, and it's elves are harassing and doing you know bad things to all of the classic characters you love. Go try to gather. Okay. You find a note from Christopher Robin. Go gather as many friends as you can in your game session and go to Christopher Robin's house. And some of the things it's like, yeah, you're more likely to fight here. This one can be, you know, entirely solved without like any combat. It's very, like, you know, it's it's Winnie the Pooh. So there's a little bit the power of friendship in there. I I, I, I want to run this at my table. <laughs> I like All right, this. man. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this one. Well, so, hey, you know where to get it. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. So can you tell the listeners where they can where they can get it and your other games online? And yeah. perhaps where they can find you on the Internet as well. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DMBadWrongFun. I also hang out on like a bunch of discords, mostly the Dungeon Crawlers one and the Goodman Games one. And I got a website, dragonpeakpublishing.com. I got a Substack newsletter thing. You can find links to that real easy. But I got all my things on on DriveThru and Itch. So you can get it all real easy there. The the PODs are on DriveThru of, of everything. What, and what's Goodman your Games searching on there? Uh, any, any, I mean, you can search Dragon Peak Publishing or you can search the module names like Merchants of the Multiverse or uh, the Brimstone Cradle and the Hills That Hunger. That's my Weird Frontiers one. And, and you'll find the stuff. Excellent. Now, and we'll make sure we have some links in the show notes. Uh, definitely a link to... Now, is this going on on Kickstarter or is it... Going yeah, to... Kickstarter. Okay. We'll January make sure we... 17th. It'll go until, I think, early morning on the 8th. It's going 21 days. And we'll make sure we have a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes so folks can find it. And, and check your stuff out. Thank you very much for, for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk. 
Thank you. Uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We can really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.